ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this episode, what I want to talk about is my first whip. My first car, my first ride, my first set of four wheels. Um, If you've been following the podcast, I've talked about my first crib. I've talked about my first job. So it's only right that I share with you some stories and memories about the first set of wheels that I had. Um, The thing that's interesting about cars and young men, particularly young men in the South, uh, it's a rite of passage, at least in the era in which I came up, you know, in the nineties. Yeah. It, it was a rite of passage for you to get a car. Um, and the reason why I specified the South, because like there was no public transportation <laughs> where I grew up. Um, you know, I'm not like Baylor. I didn't grow up in LA, you know, um, I didn't grow up in New York city. I didn't grow up in Colorado. <laughs> I think they got public transportation to Colorado. Um, but yeah, shout out to Baylor. Um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, in the South, like that was the thing. Like if you can ask a cat like King Germ from the Frocast, like when did he start driving? Uh, you know, he'll probably tell you relatively young. Um, cats that came up in our era, you know, especially if you grew up in the South, you probably... You might, depending on where you live, you may have been driving actually before you got a driver's license. Um, I want to say, I think the first time that I actually drove a car and it was just down the street, I might have been like 13, you know, um, because like that was the thing, like to be to drive. Everybody wanted to drive like and what was interesting was, you know, as a father, um my sons like you know particularly my oldest two you know who are um (laughs) who are much older now but when they were younger um they didn't they weren't like interested in driving or at least it didn't appear and i mean like they're 22 and 19 now at the time of this recording but like when it was i guess when they when it was time to get their license they you know they kind of got to it eventually but it wasn't like something that was a priority i mean like for us and again you know it it makes a difference when you got uber and lyft and you know marta (laughs) you know you have means of getting around but you know back in my day (laughs) you grew up in a small town like florence south carolina i mean like if your mom didn't drop you off if you didn't drive you probably had to walk and if you didn't walk like you know like i wasn't i wasn't about to be walking like it's some things that just like just against like i wasn't walking let me let me rephrase that i would walk around the corner to like jay fresh's crib i walked to zell's house i might walk to Derek's house which you know and all of these cats they lived around me but outside of that i ain't walking nowhere (laughs) me walk 
um maybe a bike maybe i might get on a bike but even the bike i wasn't like like i knew kids that rode bikes to school like i wasn't right and my school my high school really relatively speaking isn't that far from my house um but no i wasn't doing that why when i can get in the car <laughs> get there even quicker um so yeah it, it growing up in florence i mean like having a car it was was paramount and being able to have your own car was even bigger and better and i know quite a few of you listening know exactly what i'm talking about like the first time you got the keys you know that was something special like that was a rite of passage for you um and then it became even bigger and better for you personally when you had your own car because here's the thing like I got my drive. I started, like I said, I think the first time I drove, I was probably like 13, maybe 14. Um, my first, I got my driver's license at 15. So by the time I was 16, I was going like everywhere. Um, and that I think that had to do with the times and, and, you know, what you could, the age limit that you could be, you know, in the state of South Carolina. But I ain't care. Like once I uh, <laughs> once I got my license, it was on. And, and here's the thing. The thing that most kids couldn't figure out that I figured out re- relatively quickly. Your mom and dad or grandma or whomever, they don't want to take you to places that you want to go. You know, they don't, uh, especially as you get older and you start moving around. You get to like middle school, high school. You start having activities and games and dances and stuff that you want to go to. They don't feel like taking you. They don't want to take you. They 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 don't want you to. They they know that you need to go because you need those social activities and you need to socialize with other kids. But they ain't trying to take you. <laughs> they are not trying to take you to the mall on Saturday. They're not trying to take you to uh, Tommy's house. You know for the for the party. Um, and they're not trying to bring you to Kyle's house for the pool party. <laughs> uh, so, or, 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 you know, like if you were going to hoop somewhere, like we used to hoop a lot. So like, nah, they wasn't trying to take you over to Travis crib so you could hoop. So it's like, what other choice do you have? So once you get your license, that's when it becomes different because now you can drive or even better yet, if they need to go to the grocery store, they need you just to pick up some cigarettes. Guess what? They ain't trying to drive. So the first thing they'll say, hey, can you run to the store and get me a soda? Can you run to the store and get me some cigarettes? Can you run to the store and get me some milk? That's it. And they'd send you with $5, you go get the milk, come right back. But that was cool because you got a chance to drive, right? And so, like I said, it was a rite of passage for kids. In, in that era I, I i can't really speak to the other eras and and again i know that it's different for now because now depending on where you live you can pretty much get get around without actually having to have a license or a car if you live someplace like new york city you don't need a car um <laughs> always laugh at my homegirl shelly shell because she'll be like oh yeah i drove my car this month once <laughs> like i wish <laughs> but you know i don't live in a place where you know, that that is. And I mean, I, I guess I probably could if here in Atlanta. But, you know, the reality is there are places to go and there are a lot of places to go. And I don't particularly want to depend on public transportation. Um, but nonetheless, this takes me back to my first whip. 
um, if you look at the cover art, my car looked exactly like this. The only difference was it was light blue. It was like a, a UCLA boom. Shout out to Baylor. He's a UCLA fan. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was, that's what it was. That was my car. It was, my first car was a 1989 Nissan Sentra sitting on damn Marinos. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a stick shift too. Stick shift. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little while. Um, my mom gave me the car. She bought the car and she gave me the car because, you know, in her words, I don't want to keep running up and down the road to Orangeburg to come pick you up, which that's where I went to school in Orangeburg, South Carolina, at South Carolina State University. And that makes sense because by this time, I'm like, and this was like, I got this car in 93. So I'm like a red shirt sophomore. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not at that time. I'm not coming home as much, but you know, when it was time for break or anything like that, my mom had to come get me. And, you know, sometimes she had to work. Sometimes she just didn't have the time. Well, I'm not going to say she didn't have the time, but you know, it, Orangeburg is an hour and a half from Florence. So it's not a long ride, but it's just, it's not, you know, it's a ride that if you don't have to make, you're not going to make. Right. So her thing was like, I'll get you this car and, you know, it's a reliable car. You'll be able to go back and forth between, you know, you can come home when you need to come home, so forth and so on. And you can, you know, ride around school. And the only thing she told me when she gave me the keys to the car, she told me a couple of things. She said, keep gas in it. You know, uh, don't drive around with a lot of people in the car because cops will pull you over. <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> and, and, and the last thing she said, don't let anybody drive your car. Period. I don't care who it is. Don't let anybody drive your car. All right. Fair enough. Though That's pretty easy to remember. Um, so yeah that's the reason why she gave me the car and it made sense because again she didn't want to come back she didn't want to have to be coming back and forth and and also i was at that stage where man i'm you know i'm playing football i'm you know kind of popular <laughs> i needed a car <laughs> and, and and don't get me wrong i mean you see a picture of this car it's 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 a 90 excuse me um a 89 century it wasn't the hottest whip on south carolina state's campus but it was mine. <laughs> the car was light blue, uh, as I mentioned, um, UCLA brewing blue. That's what I used to call it. Um, on the inside, it had cloth seats. Uh, I mentioned it was a stick shift. Um, it had a pretty decent, nice, you know, factory speakers. I'm not really one for a bunch of loud music, but I'll put it like this. If I rolled the windows down and I was bumping, I don't know, the chronic <laughs> or 36 chambers riding through campus, you could hear me <laughs> if you were outside. Um, but yeah, it was uh it was cool. It had a tape deck, 
And subsequently, what I decided to do was add a CD player. Now, here's what I did. I took my portable CD player, got a cord, plugged it into the um, cigarette lighter, um, and I was able to play on play a CD on in the in the car, which was huge because I at that time I was transitioning from having cassette tapes to uh, CDs, and obviously, you know, if you're listening to a CD, the listening is even better because. Now you don't have to fast forward through a song. You don't have to rewind a song. You just had touch of a button. So technology was was there. And to be able to put a, you know, a CD player, uh, a Walkman or whatever you want to call it, just a, 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 your own personal compact disc and play it through the car was dope. You know, it was so live. Um, like I said, nice car. It rode well. Uh I, I had no problems, man. I love that car. That car was, it, it was, it was smooth, man. Um, I mentioned it was a stick. I learned how to drive a stick shift from my dad. My dad taught me. And honestly, it didn't take long for me to learn how to drive a stick. It might've taken, you know, a day and a half maybe. Um, and once I learned that I was cool. And that was actually before I learned that before my mom bought the car. So once my mom bought the car, I was like, Oh, this is even doper. Now I got a stick shift. I'm, I'm on the campus. I'm, I'm hot. I'm on South Carolina State University. I mean, what could be better, right? So I had some epic trips in that car, um, just to name a few. Um, obviously, the trips home were always cool. Uh, I remember a couple of times uh, Mo came home with, I mean, well, Mo is from Darlington, South Carolina. And Darlington, for those of you who don't know, is the next town over from Florence. So you guys have heard Mo on this uh podcast that's my boy um you know our trips home were fun uh just having a car was dope man because i mean like i could go anywhere uh i used to go to columbia a lot columbia is the capital of south carolina it's well maybe about a half hour from our campus um so that was dope uh i enjoyed that uh tremendously um i remember one weekend i did (laughs) One weekend I drove to DC and I drove to DC following um, my boy, Russ, uh, Russ, again, one of my best friends. Uh, so I'm following Russ to DC. We went to DC, we went to um, some go-go club in DC that weekend, man. We had a ball DC, man, DC in the nineties, man, listen, um, oh my gosh. We, I had so much fun in that, in that go-go club. Uh, shout out to my boy B Cox from the Vault Classic pod, uh, Music Review Podcast. Um, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. DC Go Go Clubs were the shit. Uh, and so I went to DC. But here's the funny thing: the car ride to DC was a long ride to DC. And DC's probably at that. I think I got. I think we got in about like seven hours, seven and a half hours. The thing about the trip was, I was packing my car, getting ready to leave on a Friday to go to D.C. I'm packing. I got everything. And I left my car door open, right, which I shouldn't have. I left my car door open. I went upstairs just to get something. And I came back downstairs. Well, when I came back downstairs, my compact disc player was on the seat. It was missing. 
and I'm about to take this trip to DC. And now I realize somebody has stolen my compact display. Now, nothing else was taken out of the car. The car was at the time was parked right in front of our dorm Mitchell Hall. And so I'm like, yo, man, who stole my CD player? And so I'm asking around, did you, did, hey, man, did you see anybody by my car about five minutes ago? No, nah, man, I ain't see nobody. I am furious because, again, nothing else was taken out of the car. I had money in the car. I had, and I had clothes in the car. Nothing else was taken but that CD player. And I was like, damn. So now I have, and I got all of these CDs. And, of course, you, it was only just one disc, so you could only play one disc on it at a time. But now I got all these CDs. Now I got to go get my tapes. And I'm mad because, I mean, like, it, it's a hurting feeling for somebody to steal something from you, right? So I'm, I'm shitting bricks. I'm bad. I, at this point, I almost don't want to go to D.C., but we're, we're right. You know, everybody's, it's a road trip. So we, we, we're getting ready to roll out. And so I got to ride all the way to D.C., listening to the tapes. And then when I got tired of the tapes, I had to listen to the radio, and the radio sucked. And I was just mad. Come to find out, when we get back to Orangeburg on Sunday, one of my teammates said, hey, I know who has your compact display. And I'm like, who? They said, oh, Rod Walker has it. As it turns out, Rod Walker, who is a comedian slash football player on our team, decided to take the cd player because he was quote teaching me a lesson now rod walker at the time i think was a freshman he was a true freshman man i wanted to kick rod walker and yes i'm using his full government name because I, I love rod walker uh but at the time i wanted to kick his ass and anybody knows rod walker from south carolina state university knows that he plays a lot especially back then and so I go to his room and he was like, yo, KD, he's like, man, I didn't know you were going to DC. He said, I thought you were just going up the street. He's like, so I just, he said, you shouldn't have left your door open like that. And we laughed about it, but I, man, I was mad, but you know, I was happy to have it back. I just hated the fact that I had to drive seven hours listening to tapes and the radio. Um, but yeah, that car, man, that car took me everywhere. Uh, that car, I bought that car to freak me. <laughs> Yes, indeed, I brought that car to Freak Neek. Um, I love the idea of driving to Freak Neek, especially when I did not know in 1994 what Freak Neek was. I just heard about it. I really couldn't explain to my mom what freak what a Freak Neek was, but I went in 1994, and me and about 500,000 people, no lie, showed up in Atlanta. Uh, there's an episode in the archives if you have not heard it, as soon as you finish listening to this episode, go back and listen to it. Listen to it. It's called Freak Neek 94. Um, so I go to Freak Neek and here's the thing about Freak Neek that they did not tell me about. There's traffic. And I mean a lot of traffic. And how much traffic? A gazillion cars are in Atlanta at the time, right? And as I mentioned a little earlier, the car's a stick ship. The last thing that you want to do is be in traffic in a car with a stick ship because you can't do much. It's stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. 
and it's annoying when you have a stick shift. Well, we got to this. We were going to. We, I think we were going. Were we trying to go to Piedmont Park? I th- no, that wasn't Piedmont Park. We were trying to go to another party or something. And I got to um, this little section over by Freedom Parkway uh, downtown. Um, coming up, if, if you're familiar with the city, it's coming up. You come up under the Jackson Street Bridge, and you make the left turn. I was making a left turn on. I want to say that's Boulevard. Um, I think that's Boulevard. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm where the traffic on that particular street was like, I mean, like we literally just to get to a light, it took me 45 minutes. I mean, traffic wasn't moving at all. I mean, like girls were getting out of cars, <laughs> dudes were getting out of cars, walking around girls on top of cars twerking. I mean, it was just a bit, but it was so frustrating because like I'm sitting here and I lit and I was on a hill, right? I'm it's a stick shift. I literally catch a cramp in my left calf <laughs> while sitting in traffic. Uh, but um, yeah, that, that car, man, we we went everywhere. We we had some great memories. Um I I, I loved even the memories of just driving my boys to the club because like in Orangeburg, we would party a lot on Thursday nights and then Saturday nights. Didn't really party too much on Friday nights. Um, but Thursday nights and then Saturday nights. And here's the thing, like I didn't drink when I was in college. Right. I never, I didn't take my first drink until I was like 26, 27. Um, and even now I'm not much of a drinker. But I didn't drink in college, so automatically I was the designated driver. So, like, if we went to a club, I was always driving. Like, my boys would come and check, my teammates come and check, hey, hey Katie, you going to this party tonight? Yeah, okay, well, I'm riding with you. Because they knew if they were riding with me, they were going to get that safe and they were going to get home safe. Because they knew I wasn't going to drink, I wasn't going to smoke or anything, right? And so, like, I just remember just driving them around like and it was like me and these dudes, these big six foot two, 240 pound dudes. And they drunk and they're like telling me their life story. And I'm, Katie, man, we love you so much, man. You're just a great person, man. We just we gonna be friends for life, man. We gonna be boys for life. I'm like, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but it was always funny, man. I mean, being a designated driver, I didn't mind at all. I didn't mind at all. Um and another thing that I used to do was um, that was a lot of fun for me. Uh, I started dating this girl, right? And um, <laughs> we used to ride around in the car and just listen to music. And we'd talk. Um, that was really, really, really special to me. And it was a special time in my life. Um, but yeah, me and this girl, man, we used to ride around and we used to just listen to music. And the cool part about it was, you know, our fellas, like, for some, not for all, but for sometimes, you know, you got a girl and your girl gets in your car and you can't necessarily play the music that you want to play. You got to play something softer or something slower, whatever like that. Like, nah, I, she could get in. I could be bumping ice cube. <laughs> and she's singing and rapping word for word. I could be bumping Wu-Tang and she's singing and rapping, bumping and it's word for word. 
and she was so cool and her vibe was so cool that you know we just really uh you know we bonded on a lot of different levels but we definitely bonded over music and um you know when i when i would when she would get in the car and you know i want to slow it down i put that my life on for mary j blige and just let it just ride <laughs> and so we used to spend a lot of time riding around going to the store going to get ice cream uh sometimes we go to columbia the shop um sometimes we just go to the record store um we go different places just you know in the car always listening to music always talking that was our thing um <laughs> speaking of girl that was my girl right and so remember earlier when i said my mom the third thing she said the third and final thing she said and there's a reason why she made it the final thing she said don't let nobody drive your car well i let someone drive my car once uh <laughs> i remember it like it was yesterday uh i had i think we did we have practice I can't remember if we had practice or not. Maybe we had practice. We had practice and we got out of practice and I was, you know, back at the dorm. And um, I distinctly remember. Oh, no, no, no. I think we were living, we was living off campus then. I think, yeah, okay, I'm off campus. Um, my girl asked me, hey, you know, I want, are you doing something tonight? No, I'm not doing anything. Why, what's up? Can you take me and my friends, uh, to this party uh no i don't feel like going to a party i'm done for the night i'm chilling are you sure yeah i'm sure i'm not going anywhere so again i'm shutting down the idea of even remotely taking you somewhere so my girl says well can I drive your car? And I flash back to what my mom said. Rule number three. Don't let nobody drive your car. Don't let nobody drive your car. All right. Sure. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Gave her the keys and she's driving the car. Now, I don't know. If I ever asked her if she could drive a stick, I think I knew that she could. Um, nonetheless, give her the keys. She drives. She she goes off. She goes, picks up her girls. They go to the club. So on the way back from the club, what had happened was <laughs> she was turning a corner. And I guess she turned the corner too quickly. And if you're turn if you're turning a corner too quickly at a certain speed, you know, and I think she misjudged her turn, and she hit the sidewalk. So when she hit the sidewalk, she jerked the car, and then the wheels or the wheel was wobbling, so she stopped the car. Now we've got a problem. She has now gotten into an accident where she has hit the curb and from what she could see, destroyed the tire 
and it's not her car and she has to tell her boyfriend that she has wrecked his car so she calls me hey hey what's up um i don't know how to tell you this but i got into an accident in your car what I said, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, what happened? I was I was riding with the girls. We were going, coming back from the club, and I turned the corner on Blank Street, and I hit the curb. I was like, oh, okay. So what happened? And she was like, well, I hit the curb, and you know now the, the wheel is bent or something. And I was like, well, where are you? And she told me where she was. So I was like, so I got a ride and got to where she was. Um, and in my mind, I'm thinking, but maybe it's not as bad as she made it out to be. Uh, it was bad. (laughs) The axle was broken on my 1989 UCLA Bruin Nissan Sentra. I am shocked. I, first of all, I was happy that she and her friends were fine because she might have been going, I don't know, 15, 20 miles an hour when she hit that curb. But, you know, it could have been worse. They could have, you know, hit somebody or something like that. So I was glad that, that, that she and the girls were okay. But I was pissed. <laughs> and I tried not to let on that I was pissed. But I was pissed because, one, you know, now my car is wrecked. And, two... I have to tell my mom. And three, how am I going to pay for this? <laughs> so she was, you know, very apologetic and everything. It was just my girl. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, break up with her because she wrecked my car. But my mom distinctly told me not to let nobody, nobody drive my car. And I let somebody drive my car, who was my girl, and she proceeded to wreck my car. And then I had to kind of figure out, like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Because I got to get this fixed. And can I get it fixed without her knowing? Because here's the thing. She wouldn't know anything because there was no police report or anything like that. But I had to try to figure out how to get it fixed without her knowing. So got the car to a little body shop or whatever like that. And the dude took a look at it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's re- actually got to be replaced. Wheel got to be replaced. Blah, 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 blah. How much is it? Oh, it's $315. <laughs> and I've got $27.87 in my pocket. <laughs> and the person with $315, well, she don't have it, but I'm, I'm sure she could probably get it, is my mom. I can't call her. So I'm like, damn. So I'm scrambling. And I'm mad because this is my first car. Like, I can't believe you wrecked my car. You wrecked my car. Like, I can't believe this. And I think I got mad. I think I yelled at her or something. And, you know, she was upset that I yelled. And it was what it was. But you guys got to understand, I was, I was I was heated. I just, it was, there's no excuse. <laughs> and I mean, technically, I can't fault her, really. I'm mad that it happened, but I can't fault her because... I could have easily said no. 
I could have easily said, hey, I'll take y'all and I'll come back and pick y'all up. But I wasn't trying to do that. I was lazy. Um, so I talked to Mo. Mo said, hey, I know a guy. <laughs> and the statute of limit is the statute of limitations up. It's been it's been past seven years, right? Right? Okay. Um, so the <laughs> so Mo put me in contact with a a friend of the program. I'll just put it like that friend of our illustrious program at South Carolina State University and the friend of the program gave me 315 beans to get it fixed I got it fixed and my mom never knew what happened um and if you're wondering what happened to the girl time of this recording we've been married almost 22 years (laughs) and you know what's funny i don't think my mom ever found that out until like maybe five or six years in our marriage i think my mom came in town one time and we went out to dinner and i think i told her uh i think i can't remember but i I think i told her but she my mom didn't find out till like years later and I mean, by that time, she'd already had a daughter-in-law and you know a couple of grandkids. So, you know, I mean, what was she gonna do? Spank me? <laughs> but yeah, that car was important, man. That car, it was a life changer for me. It was uh, like I said, a rite of passage. It was it was special. And um, we we got a lot of great memories together. And uh, you know, for those of you listening, when that time comes for you to purchase a car for your child, uh, think about me and think about the things that you're gonna tell your child and tell them. Rule number three, don't let nobody drive their car. <laughs> That's important. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they will they won't be like me. They'll listen to you. That's gonna do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast from time to time. We drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. I'm 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.